0: May it be your will, Adonai, our God, and the God of our forefathers, who chooses his servant David and his offspring after him, and who chooses songs and praises, that you turn with mercy to the reading of the Tehillim, that I shall read as if King David of blessed memory himself had said them. May his merit protect us, and may the merit of the verses of Tehillim and the merit of their words, letters, vows, and cantillations as well as the divine names formed by acronyms of the initial and final letters, stand us in good stead to atone for our transgressions, iniquities, and sins, to cut down tyrants and cut off all thorns and briars that surround the supernal Rose, to unite the bride of youth with her beloved, with love, brotherhood, and fellowship, From that unification may abundant sustenance be drawn to our spirit, breath, and soul to purify us of our iniquities. Forgive our sins and atone for our transgressions just as you forgave David who said these psalms before you. As it says, Adonai has also removed your sin. You will not die. May you not take us from this world before our time, before the completion of our years, which number 70, so that we may repair that we that which we have ruined. May the merit of King David of blessed memory shield over us and around us, that you may be patient with us until we return to you in perfect teshuva. May you favor us from your treasury of gratuitous gifts, as it is written, I favor those whom I favor, and I am merciful with those upon whom I take mercy. And just as we sing praise before you in this world, so may we merit Adonai our God to sing songs and praises before you in the Olam Haba. And through the saying of Tehillim, may the tulip of Sharon be inspired to sing with a sweet voice, With happiness and with joy, may the glory of the Lebanon be given to her majesty and splendor in the house of our God, speedily in our days. Amen. Selah. Be told us me lo lo Gado gadol daronai umelek gadol al kol elohim hakadosh Paruku send mashiach now like to welcome you to a special edition of the Shomer Man podcast known as the Tehlim of the Parsha. Normally, Ish uh, Pela handles up on this. And normally I don't get much time to do this. But since we in quarantine for a while, I got some time. So the Torah portion this week comes from Tazria Matzorah. All about when the woman shall give birth and all about when there is one who is afflicted with zarat. Now that affliction is normally called leprosy in English, but as we quickly find out, leprosy and Zarat are not the same. Got a lot of sources here, but I want to speak on the topic of back to normal. That's what I want to title this podcast, Back to Normal, because as COVID-19 has uh, been a worldly pandemic all over the globe, everyone's been affected by this. Uh, We've all experienced what goes on in this Torah portion, that there's a person who gets afflicted with a a sickness, an ailment of some type, and it leads to them being in isolation. And so many of us who've had to go into quarantine, there are some essential workers that have not had to do that. And we applaud them for sure, because that is definitely being out on the front lines for sure. So, Todah Rabbah to each of you who are essential workers. But for those of us who've been in quarantine, we're called to a very different battle that seems uh, easy at first. But then you get into it and you're like, man, I can't wait for this to be over. I can't wait to see my peoples, you know, can't wait to get back out into the world again and things like that. You feel like Captain America in the first Avengers movie and he wanted to get back outside and then everything was different. And then, you know, Nick Fury came to him and was like, hey got a mission for you. And he's like, what are you trying to get me back out in the world? (laughs) But anyway, some of us may feel like that. And for me, I've just been uh, very grateful for this time to just really, what I like to call (laughs) re-up. You know, I always like to sit and just study Torah anyway and pray and just think and meditate, share ideas, help people out. You know, who's got questions, who needs sources, who, who's trying to quote something. they can't remember what the source is. Like, I love that. That is totally Shomer Man M.O. So I've really been just kind of focused in on, you know, I definitely want to be that person and I definitely am that person. So when we get back to normal, back to normal, Bezrat Hashem does not look like what we think it looks like, because if we're expecting to get back in traffic and expecting to go back to restaurants and uh, outings and have social events and gatherings and things like that, Bezrat Hashem Shem they will be as another layer of the final redemption. Because the only thing that we should be yearning for is the return of Mashiach and the building of the temple. Because when that occurs, the resurrection happens, all sickness and death and famine and plague and war, that goes away. I mean, obviously there's going to be the final war, Gog and Magog, and that's got to happen. But, you know, as far as... The next phase of development and who we are and what we were called to originally be like life as it was in the garden where we were walking with Hashem and really close to His Shekinah and uh, we were being made new at every moment. The way we age now before we sin and when the final redemption happens, the way we age instead of aging, we're going to be renewing. So if you think about how, how much you age at every moment, every second, you're like, tick, another time off my life, tick, more time off my life, another week, another Shabbat. And you feel you get older, you age, you get tired. Um, Shalom, we go through sicknesses, but that happens and pains and losing loved ones and things like that. Well, that, that ends. Death literally gets swallowed up in victory with the arrival of Mashiach Ben-David. So, that is something that we're in charge of. We do have a stake in it. And it's a beautiful tie-in to what the Psalms this week and what the Torah portion talks about. So, the first one I want to get into is Telling 106. Psalm 106 says this. It says, Hallelujah. Kodu le Adonai kitov ki, ki leolam chazdo, mi Malel Gevorot Adonai yashmiya kol tehilato. Yashmiya kol tehilato. May sound familiar. Ashrei shomer mishpat ose zadaka Beko et. Zakreini Adonai. Vidirzion Amek Pak dani Bishuateka. In English, that is Hallelujah, give thanks to Adonai for his good, for his kindness is eternal. Who can express the mighty acts of Adonai and who can make all his praise heard? Praiseworthy are those who maintain justice, who perform righteousness in every time. Remember me, Adonai. When you show your people favor, recall me with your Yeshua, which is really cool because that word Pakod, which is Hashem will remember you and we want to be remembered with Yeshua. And it's interesting because when we celebrate our deliverance, when we celebrate our being born again, Yeshua says, well, I want you to remember me. And yes, I'm talking about Pesach because everyone gets born again during Pesach. Whoever participates in it, and Bezrat Hashem, those of us who are converted and uh, get to eat of the lamb and things like that. Well, we don't get to eat the lamb right now because we have a temple, but uh, we need to work on that. We need to fix that. And building a temple, uh, I keep saying that because it's built by our words. The way out of exile is with our words. But anyway, um, that we partake of that Komen. And that is us eating and partaking of the flesh and the blood of Mashiach. As we have gone through the four cups, as we have eaten the Afikomen. So we're literally taking part in Mashiach. And it was during this Moed that the death, burial, and resurrection of Mashiach occurs. And so us being immersed with him in his death and raised with him in his resurrection, that is the significance of Pesach, Chaka Matzot, counting the Omer, Heading up to Shavuot. It's all connected. So, the note that I wrote in the outline here, it says, We are allowing exile. In other words, the reason we're in exile, the reason there hasn't been final redemption yet, is because we are continuing to speak, think, and act like exiles. Namely, like Edom. The infighting, the looking down on people, the frustrations and backbiting, the gossiping, the slandering, the defaming other people's name, and um, being argumentative, really, and, and thinking that we know it all. That is exile mentality. And because we act like that, because we post that, because we share that, because we text that, and whatever else you can do with that, that's why we're in exile. And here's the comment. Here's the commentary that is on this verse. This is coming from verse 2 about who can express the mighty acts. And then we say, Yes, this is from the Birkatama zone. I right, the blessing after meals. There's a lot of singing in this podcast because, you know, when, whenever you're reciting psalms, it's going to be a mix of drosh, singing, and praying. So that is Mashiach, by the way. Drosh, singing, and praying. That's, that's just what we do. Anyway, so the comment in this verse says, Exile and suffering are not the result of lack of his providence, but are due to our own shortcomings. Let me back up a little bit, because it goes to say, in the face of such overwhelming evidence of God's bounty. We must realize that our exile and suffering are not the result of lack of his providence, but are due to our own shortcomings. So the very fact and I'm reading from the art scroll to Helene, by the way. It says the Ketuvim, the writings with commentary anthologized from the rabbinic writings. Yeah, so so, uh, it's got some Rashi, it's got some Perush, or a Sika, Medzudot, it's got all sheik, it's got everybody. But anyway, so that's the first thing I wanted to mention right out the gate if I don't get to say anything else, because when we talk about how amazing God is, which just to let you know, Tehlein 106 is a continuation of the historical survey that is began in Tehlein 105. And so as you're reading Tehlein 106, you got to connect it back to the previous one because it's describing the extensive wonders with which God mercifully redeemed our forefathers from Mitzrayim. So, how much did Hashem do to get us out of Egypt? How much did we do to get us out of Egypt? We did some really weird things. Namely, while the uh, children of Israel were being subjugated to that exile, there's a little, little lady named Miriam who went to her mom and her dad and said, Hey, y'all are divorced. That ain't right. Get back together. Second of all, y'all need to start having babies. So I don't know about you, but if you have a little daughter telling you that, first get your get your get torn up and get a ketubah and y'all go make babies. Okay, so that's, you th- it's like child commanding parent. That's not a normal thing. What else happened? Well, the children of Israel were having lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of children. While the husbands were out working, So I don't know about you, but there's a high impedance air gap. If the mother is having a lot of children, but yet the husband is out working and there's no infidelity going on, what's happening? Well, that's why the mendrashim bring down that the women went out to the husbands and enticed the husbands to marital intimacy. And they had conceived. They conceived basically out in the fields. And then they would go back home. They would have the children. Then they'd go out and do do more. So, big baby boom. Uh, the other thing that happened is the Egyptians were looking for those said children. And the women were like, nope, no Egyptians taking my Jewish baby. So they took them out to these apple orchard fields. And the children were covered by the earth. Uh, and there was a, a youth... That was the image of Hashem, and yes, we're talking about Memtet, who would come and nourish the babies. So the earth would take in the children and create a womb, basically, for them, and each child would have two rocks that would give them milk and honey. So there's that. So the children are raised up, literally, by the image of Hashem on the earth, and all of that is going on. So that's, it's a lot to that Midrash. But the point is, we were doing some very, very courageous things. And not to mention, there were plagues going on. There were pandemics and there were worldwide. Egypt was the main focal point. So there's something to that. But as far as when the Yam Suf split, when the sea split for us to cross through, everything in the earth, that all split. When the Torah was given, Everybody knew about it. The nations were even freaking out and they had to go to Balaam and say, what is going on? Is the going to bring another flood? Because that ain't right. He said he wasn't. Side note, all nations of the world were coming to Balaam talking about what God said he wasn't going to do because you realize that was the Torah. That was the good news of that time that i never again would I flood the world. So like everybody, regardless of their culture, regardless of their quote unquote faith, They all knew that the Bible was true and that it's valid and we abide by it. Not only we abide by it, but Hashem abides by it. So that's kind of crazy. But anyway, it's a worldwide viewpoint for everybody. And everybody's, um, what is it? Everybody's accountable to the same source, Hashem. So... We're in no different of a standpoint today. Am I saying that we need to go have a baby boom and go hide them out in the field? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, what are we called to do for the final redemption? Namely, why are we perpetuating our own exile and our own suffering? Because of our shortcomings. Not because of Shem's providence lacks. So, that's the first thing I want to throw out there. Because... Words got us into this exile and words are going to get us out of this exile. Because when Mashiach was here, we said we have no king but Caesar. We said baseless hatred all day. We said Hashem, we'd rather murder, kill, rape, steal, slander, be idolatrous And use negative words and spit out curses and tear each other down. We'd rather do that than have the temple. We'd rather do that than Mashiach Yeshua, who, by the way, is the two Mashiachs. Mashiach Ben Yosef and Mashiach Ben David. So, the clouds of glory thing could have happened right there. But we said, nope, we don't want it. Instead of Mashiach coming on the clouds of glory, he left on the clouds of glory. And he said... I need you to go out to the four corners of the earth, go gather in the people, because I'm going to be right back. And what happened? Well, we kept infighting. We kept doing all that other stuff that I just mentioned. And the exile has gone 2,000 plus years. We've gone through dark ages. We've gone through industrial revolution. And now there's just this past postmodern, like, There is no God, there's science and we need to figure that out. And now we need AI because man uh, is not good enough. And so we need to take our phones and uh, turn them into a person and have them assist us and do everything that we can't do. And we want to try to live forever. So let's clone ourselves. This this keeps growing when it doesn't have to, because no one is stepping up to lead the world like we're supposed to. It's interesting that with COVID-19 and everything that's going on, it's all about your home now. It's all about your home space. And isn't it amazing that Judaism teaches you what to do with your home space? This is the perfect time. Hashem has allowed us the opportunity to lead the world for once. Jewish people, true Jews, leading the world for once. And when that happens, that is the coming of Mashiach. Because when we start this thing from below, Hashem responds to our, our, our movement. He responds to our act. We're going to talk about that in just a second. There's this whole thing about the spiritual world and the physical world coming together. When the, the humans do their part, Hashem does His part. Again, we're still in exile because we're allowing it. We're not leading the world in brachas. We're not leading the world in Torah. We're not leading the world in conversion. We're totally trying to just be to ourselves and, um, you know, let the Christians teach about the Messiah. And, you know, we're not we're not sharing Shabbat observance, you know. And obviously people have got to be accountable to listen in order for us to really be successful and proficient in what we do. But the thing is, if we're not speaking it, if we're not encouraging it, instead of posting statistics and posting, um, you know, memes all day, why don't we post Torah? Why don't we post, you know, observance? You know, let people see you lighting your candles. Let people see you sitting down with your books. Let people see you blessing your wife, blessing your children. You know, we're supposed to be... Overflowing redemption from our homes. If we can't have redemption within ourselves, the world can't have redemption because we can't redeem the world, but we can avenge it. But the point is, is that the only way for the world to experience the final redemption is if we ourselves experience the final redemption. Just like I brought up with Chafetz Chaim, Hafez Chaim, the one who is Shemras HaLashon all day, guarding the speech, that. He changed the world by changing himself. So when we change ourselves, when we come out of our own exile, when we start doing the opposite of what a metzora did, the person who was afflicted with Zaharat, which again, we're going to talk about that when we start doing the opposite of that, when we rehabilitate ourselves, we rehabilitate the world and the, The stand-in Sanhedrin, because that's the nice thing to say, because, again, the only way to have a Sanhedrin is with Eliyahu and Mashiach, who are the only ones who have Shmika, the uh, ordination ability. They're the only ones who can ordinate a Sanhedrin. But anyway, the current stand-in Sanhedrin that exists now, uh, they said that if the temple was built and established, and the services started up again, COVID-19 would not be able to exist. And that is very true because history teaches us that when we had the temples, the first and the second one, there was healing to the whole entire world because the power and the kedusha of temple service permeates the whole earth and cleanses it and purifies it. So, basically, what we need to end this pandemic, this global pandemic, keyword global, we need a global redemption. Redemption is not just for Jews, it's not just for Christians, it's not just for Islam, it's for every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Because when Hashem is revealed, which is the coming of Mashiach, There will be no confusion. There will be no barriers. We will all know the root from which we came from. We're all going to know, oh, this is my creator and I will worship him. And all of the corruption and all of our own, you know, systems of theology are all going to be shut down because they will not be able to exist in the glorious presence of the almighty God. So before I leave this page on verse four of Tehillim 106, where it says, remember me, Hashem, when you show your people favor, recall me with your Yeshua, says the Jew. Now I want you to say Jew. All right. Now I want you to say Yehudi, because that's the actual way to say Jew when it comes to the true essence of the word. Remember Yehudi. Which is translated as Jew means one who casts praise to God. Okay, so that's important. A God praiser, one who casts praise to God, one who shoots arrows of praise towards Hashem. Okay, so those kinds of things. It says, the Jew looks forward to the time when God will favor his nation. With salvation. Of the Messiah's advent. The reconstruction. Of the temple. And. The revivification of the dead. A.K.A. the resurrection. This comes from the redock. Now in my little note. On the margin I put. Who is a Jew. Because according to. Telling 106.4. A Jew is one who looks forward to the time when God will favor his nation with salvation at the arrival of the Messiah. Looking forward to the rebuilding of the temple and looking forward to the resurrection of the dead. That's what a true Jew is. The world hasn't really seen that yet. Now, there are people who are praying for these things, but there aren't people who are leading others in praying for these things. And what I mean by that? I mean, are we making converts? I mean, are we really seeking every tribe, every tongue, and every nation to start crying out for Mashiach? I mean, people don't even need to know what the word Mashiach means per se. But we can ask them, would you, would you cry out for Mashiach? Would you ask for him? Because deep down in the very souls that exist within our physical bodies, our souls know. We all came from Hashem. We emanate from His throne of glory. So, it's really just a matter of bringing that up from the wellsprings of people. Oh, you mean like digging wells, which is like the main pastime of Abraham Avinu and Yitzhak Avinu. Uh, yeah, they dug wells, which was... they sought converts and sought to reveal within every tribe and every tongue and every nation no matter who you were the the worship and the praise and the adoration that we're supposed to bring to hashem so last thing I on well i said that was the last thing i want to say about a jew but that was an extra point the main note point that i wanted to share the last thing on this page was that exile started in the wilderness because it says in the introduction of Tadley one o six, God's presence and loving kindness are always near one who but opens his eyes and his heart to see them. And it says that indeed they, the children of Israel, defied God's representative Moshe and rebelled against his commands. This defiance initiated the spiritual and moral decline that eventually led to the Jews' exile from the Holy Land. That's from the Sephorno. I did speed bump over the fact that God's representative, i.e., his image on the earth, was Moshe. So when Messiah came and when he returns, Hashem's image and manifestation upon the earth is Yeshua. So, that's interesting, as far as the image of Hashem, who that is, and what they stand for. And defying them is to perpetuate exile. How many people believe in Yeshua and keep the Torah? Just asking if that's the whole entire world or not. Because I'm sure the whole world knows about Jesus, but the whole world doesn't know apparently that Jesus leads us to Torah and that we should actually do it and go encourage other people to actually do it, even though it's in Matthew five. But we are the reason why exile is still here. Why? I have no idea, but I ain't got no time for that. And as I said on my Facebook uh, post, oh, We going to source some stuff out because the thing is, there is no source available anywhere, not even in file 13, that says believing Yeshua means get rid of the Torah. Even believing in Jesus doesn't mean get rid of the Torah. Like if anyone could point that out, that'd be great. But ain't nobody got time for that and you're not going to find it. So let's just focus on what will get us out of exile. And let's just focus on saving the entire world from a pandemic. Because we need to get back to normal. And that's my back to normal drop is that back to normal means getting back to the original essence of what Hashem has caused us to be here for. And what did Hashem call us to be here for? To tend and nourish the garden. That's right. Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, which, by the way, is bigger than the world, but yet it fits in the world. But where have we seen this before? Oh, yeah, this one time Hashem, who is bigger than the universe, contracted himself down to fit in between the two cherubim, the, cherubim, the angels on the top of the ark cover. Yeah. So somehow that was a thing. And somehow... The Garden of Eden, which is what we will be entering back into, the today you will be with me in paradise, should we repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, cry out for Mashiach. And again, I just want to reiterate, because I bring this point up, I've been posting, Hashem, please bring Mashiach now. Like, that is the prayer. I know we've been saying Baruch baba Hashem Adonai, And that totally is the same thing, but sometimes you just got to, you got to really get the words out that you're trying to say, you know, and the reiteration being that when you think about us not having Mashiach when he could have been here 2000 years ago, and why are we still waiting day after day and he's still not here, that's actually us doing injustice. And we just asked Hashem to remember us for doing justice, for doing Zadaka for crying out loud in the Psalm one hundred six. And how are we doing Hashem injustice? Because every moment that passes by that Mashiach is not here, Hashem is still in exile, the Shekinah is still in exile, Mashiach is still in exile, the Torah is still in exile, the Jewish nation is still in exile, and the world is in chaos. Those are just a few things. So if we're okay with making Hashem suffer, but yet we say we love him and we want his kingdom on the earth, and yet we don't cry out for it, and we don't think about it, and we don't do things to fix that. I mean, husbands, let me ask you a question for a second. You love your wife, right? What if you never, ever did a thing for her and never, ever touched her? just uh see how that relationship develops it won't cuz you know there's a whole connection and intimacy and uh vibrancy that flows within that relationship that's very active it's two way street same thing with us so my source to get us to the parasha is torat avigdor it'll probably be labeled toras which, again, is very Ashkenazi. But uh, Rabbi Avigdor Miller, may his memory be for a blessing, uh, is the main commentator on this. And this is on Parsha Tatria Metzora. Here's what it says. It says, The Quarantined Man, this is the title. We begin with Taharas Hamedzora the purification process for the one who had been committed by the Cohen to a state of leprosy known as Zaharat. And it says, It had been a, a sad and un, an unfortunate period in his life. moshavo. He had to remain outside of his city, this is from Vayikra 1346. In other words, homeboy, homeboy, or whoever this person was, had to go into quarantine. He was forbidden from living anymore in the Are Choma, which is the established residences of um, Yisrael. And even though his family had lived in a house in that city for generations, he now had to bid farewell to them. It was a heartbreaking scene to watch as this man made his way past the city walls out to desolate fields, and it is there that he would stay alone and secluded for weeks and maybe even months. This is the significance of Mashiach being immersed in the spirit coming down on him like a dove and him being sent out into the wilderness by himself for 40 days. He was by himself. He was alone out there. He was fasting and just out in the wilderness. He went from this very like big, momentous occasion to this very low, low, dark place. Because every uh, manifestation of righteousness, glory, life, shalom, blessing, redemption, whatever you want to call it, all starts with a uh, descent and also a manifestation of death. Which is why we have the understanding that it's darkest before dawn. So, this is what happens to this person. And it says, And suddenly, after some time pass, the unexpected happens. The whiteness of his skin begins to recede. The Zaharat becomes smaller and dimmer. Could it be, he hopes? Is it really going away? We ask this question right now with COVID-19. Could it be? Is it really going away? They're starting to open up things? The economy's, you know, trying to get rebooted up again? Could it be? Could it be that this is passing by? Anyway, same thing the, the mezora goes through. It says, he also... And so he sends a message to the Kohen asking him to come out and take a look at the Zoharot. So the Kohen leaves and comes out to where this isolated person is which by the way when we talk about who's all in exile who's all in quarantine that that applies to hashem you realize right like he's literally not on his throne right now he's sleeping in the field i mean i read this uh from the messiah text on my previous podcast about overturning the evil decrees But it was basically saying that, you know, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, basically. The temple's not established. And we don't own the land like we're supposed to. And again, our language and our speech and our personalities and mentalities are totally exile. Totally materiality, you know. And I know that's not completely true. But it's more true than not. I mean, because how how much are we really asking Hashem right now to get us out of exile and build a temple so that the whole world can experience redemption? Because if we weren't focused on materiality, exile, and so on and so forth, then we would be acting and moving towards redeeming the world and speaking it, encouraging others in it, clearing up uh, false truths, in humble ways but anyway it says he calls the Cohen out to look at the Zarat. the Cohen goes out where the Medzorah is secluded beautiful thing is should Mashiach come in our quarantine and I pray that he does he literally will come out to where we are and, and bring us out which is kind of cool you know, like he's going to come out of his quarantine and we come out of our quarantine and we meet, you know, and then we go to Yerushalayim. That's really cool. But anyway, it says, and there he inspects the infected skin and he sees that it is healed. That's Vayukra 14.3. My friend, the Cohen declares to him, I have good news for you. I am happy to tell you that the Zahraat has been healed and you are ready now to return to society oh what i'm trying to figure out how to say oh why but oh snap basically is what this says it says it is a tekiyat team. a medzora is k kemes what did in the, what in the world did i just say i basically said it is as if he had died and has now been resurrected Because it says, and now he will be restored to normal life again. Nadarim 64b. So, back to normal means back to the resurrection. We all need to be part of the resurrection. And we all need to initiate and inaugurate the resurrection. And that's the back to normal that we need to be. One of the things that we have to know is that we're a group. We are all connected to one another. And I just want to bring this down from a small little throwdown that the Avengers are having. This between the Aquaman, the Groot, and Gambit, and the Green Lantern, and of course myself. Uh here we go. So the thing is, this is how it started. Actually, it started with the Punisher. The Punisher dropped in and did some stuff. It says, why is Yod, Yod, a substitute for God's divine holy name? When a Yod, or when a Yid, which is a Jew, is next to another Yid, which is a Jew, because Yid and Yod, same letters says, when they give a hand in loving kindness, Hashem's presence is with them. And he says that's from a Hasidic commentary. So Gambit, a.k.a. Akav, comes in and he says, so when Yeshua had both hands side by side over his head on the stake, a yod is a hand. So he has two yods together. So the name of Hashem is on the crucifixion stake. And it says, and asking Hashem to forgive all that is being done, he was being a model for us. Ner which is Green Lantern, he comes in, he says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Matityahu 1820. And I said, so yeah, the name of Hashem is the Echad of the Yehudim, forgiving one another. And it goes on to say that... Yisrael are holy. This is from Hulin 7b. Yisrael are holy. In other words, when the two types are joined together, the two yodes, when they're when you put two Jews together, this is how it's supposed to be. And I feel like we have a little bit more than two Jews together. So take what I'm about to say and exponentially increase it. it says the two types are joined together; they form a holy union. He explains how this works. There is a person who wants to share but lacks sufficient resources. His good intentions generate an angelic neshama. Because when we do mitzvot, we create angels. And when we do sins, we create demons. That comes from pureke Avot. But when you create these angels, it's a two-part deal. You create the body of it first, and then you create the neshama of that angel. Literally the animating spirit of it. So, this, between the two Jews, that's how you complete the creation of an angel. So one of us may do a mitzvah, and it's like, great, Well, that's the body of the angel. But we need the neshama of the angel in order for that angel to really be like engaged. How do you bring a neshama of an angel? It's through the intention. It's through the unification of the fear and love of Hashem, as you do a mitzvah. So everybody can do mitzvahs, which is cool. If we get the world to do mitzvahs, the neshama of those angels will come from those of us who are intentionally reaching out to people to do those mitzvahs. So yes, filling the world up with millions of angelic hosts, which is all fulfillment of the Torah which, by the way, is connecting all of Yisrael when all Yisrael is together, that is Mashiach. So I know that's kind of a lot to take, but just here we go. It says, so the one who's sufficient with the resources, well, their intentions, they want to do, but they have a lack. So because of that, there's the intention, there's the Neshama. And it says, then there's a person who has sufficient resources, but does not sincerely want to share. Yet he gives out of embarrassment. Such is the glory and grace of Hashem. That even if you're like, I don't want to do this, but I will. Or, yeah, I could do that, but, uh, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of beneath me. I don't feel like I should do it. Or I'm, I'm uh, a little... Uh, insecure about doing it but if you just do if you just get over your own self that gets connected with the intention and the lack of the other jews like man i just wish i could and when you two put your powers combined together you have captain mitzvah okay and you create this angelic entity that uh is inside of creation now being an advocate Again, for not only merit and uh light of Hashem in the world, but also part of the redemption. You know, and I and I talked again in the evil decrees teaching that there's always a measurement that fills up. You know, and it's like before a judgment happens, it's like how much how much evil, how much wickedness, how much darkness has filled up this vessel so that it can be poured out, you know. Something had to fill up in order for COVID-19 to be poured out into the universe. So it works no differently when it comes to the Geula. The re, the Geula, the redemption, will be poured out when we fill that vessel up. What is the way to fill up the Geula vessel? Prayer. Literally our words. Our yearning. And our actions. And we... Uh, compound that process when we do that with other Jews and non-Jews, because again, anybody who does the mitzvah. When you do the mitzvah, you're gonna bring forward the body of this angel. But the person who's like really fired up and intentional about it and is like, man, but I just wish, I just wish. I can get people to light candles. And it's like, okay, so you wish you can get people to light candles? You're praying. You're speaking it out. Hashem, show me who I can get to light candles this week. Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you have ready? What divine spark? Where are they at? Show me. Point them out. I'm ready. Let's do this. And it's like that person right there. So you go give that person candles. They have no idea. They have no intention of keeping a Shabbat. They don't even know what a Shabbat is. They don't even know what challah is, which ooh, we need to fix that. 'Cause if the world knew what hollow was, then we done. I mean, gluten free is a thing, so we can work that out and vegan and all that, we can work that out. I mean, it's we got you. But anyway, that person lights the candles and they're like, Psh, I lit the candles. This crazy Jewish person over here was like, Hey, light some candles, please. You know, like, you know, do something romantic for your family, you know, and it's just like, Okay, so I lit the candles. Woohoo, big deal. And it's like, Well, guess what? You just filled up the Gaula vessel because your intention worked with their action. And that's how it goes. But anyway, so we do that together. And the whole time I'm reading the source, Kulin 7 b brought down by Shonaf Pincus, a.k.a. Shavile Pincus. Shlita, may he have good long life, amen. But yeah, he's sourcing all this out for this week's tour portion. And I'm like say what this is ridiculous because avengers assemble i mean i'm over here doing podcasts and sourcing stuff out all day but i know some of y'all are out doing some other stuff that i can't even touch with a 50-foot pole even if i built the pole and tried to reach and touch it anyway so the basically between me podcasting and between you doing what you're doing we're filling up the Geula vessel, and it's just a matter of time before it's poured out. And again, because we're using our words, which are way more powerful than our actions, contrary to popular belief, it says actions speak louder than words. Well, it's actually the reverse. Because did you know, where did I read this at? This is in this is in my uh, Talim study. I'm getting my notes all over the place, but that's okay. That's how we drush uh words 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 yes telling 120 the other psalm that we have today um it talks about in verse 2 rescue my soul from the lips of falsehood um where are you at it says erikain 15b disparaging speech kills 3 people the one who says it the one who listens to it, and the one being spoken of. There is a Midrash Rabbah drop somewhere. I think it's on this page. There it is. Bereshit Rabbah 9819. This comes from verse 4. It says, Sharp Arrows. Verse 4 says, The deceitful tongue resembles the sharp arrows of a mighty one And the coals of a broom wood, which, by the way, coals made from a broom bush, become very hot and remain so for a long time. Even when they appear extinguished inside, they are burning hot. So, too, the deceitful one speaks flattery when in public, but in private speaks maliciously. That's from Radak. So here's the point. It says our disparaging speech, if you speak it in Rome, it can kill somebody in Syria. So if that's true with evil speech, how much more so with good, holy speech, wholesome speech? Yaakov chapter 3 is probably the most epic drop on the tongue. And putting that with the source from the Midrash Shabbat on Parashat Medzorah about how Hashem has the tongue being able to do the greatest mitzvahs and it's the easiest thing to move. Even before you can, you know, uh, do any of the observances, eat kosher or any of that, your tongue is able to accomplish more mitzvot than you can in your actions. So even before you start eating kosher, even before you start, you know, dressing Zanute, keep observing the Shabbat and so on and so forth, wherever you're going to get into with 613 options you have, um, your tongue precedes you. So there are so many mitzvot that you can do with your tongue that's like ridiculous. And good speech is, by the way, probably the most prime thing you can do. Because if you're speaking a word to someone, that word can literally heal them or kill them. Which one are you going to do? And again, if you're going to be killing people with your words, then you're the reason why we're in exile. So stop it. Okay, but anyway, that's how powerful our speech is. So, getting back to us being Echad, working together. I was just minding my own business reading... Enough pink is and he says on page 5, HaKadosh Baruku, his perspective of time is from the past, present, and future being all the same. So when Hashem looks at us, he's looking at the past, he's looking at the present, and he's looking at the future. Not just for us, but for all mankind. So it says, hence, HaKadosh Baruku, connects Avraham Avinu's intents and yearnings in the past with the Jews' acts, specifically in this example of Mila, which is circumcision, in the present and in the future. So you got, remember, your intentions and your yearnings with the actual fulfillment of the mitzvot. Well, in the past and in the present and in the future, the yearnings and the intentions are already there because of Abraham. And it says all Jewish Neshamot, all Jewish souls were contained within Abraham Avinu. Everyone who was ever going to become a believer and follower of Hashem, all contained in Abraham. Because that's ridiculous, right? But anyway, um, he's sourcing that all out. So the point is, is that, You know, Father Abraham, have many sons. Uh, Many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Okay, so anyway, that whole thing. So it says that, thus the mitzvah, specifically in this case again, it's talking about milah, so it says, but you can substitute anything here. It ascends to a state of completeness. Thus, those who carry our mitzvah. To the heavens, it uh, says, Who will carry our mitzvah to the heavens? Well, that answer is Abraham because it's already been done, and all we're doing is actualizing it. But the yearning and the intent is there, and this is the meaning of Abraham will command his children and his household after him. So it says, Provided all of his ascendant. Descendants with incredible advantages. One of them, every Jew descending from him, has already observed the six hundred and thirteen mitzvot of the Torah, and even the seven rabbinical mitzvot. So, is it the Noahides or is it the rabbinical mitzvot? Um, hmm. yeah. Anyway, it says, as such, it is easier for them to is or as such, it is easier for them to actually perform mitzvot themselves during their lifetimes they are not initiating the act from scratch so abraham laid a foundation so that way it's super easy for us to do mitzvot then going on to say that tana Deve eliyahu 25 one should ask themselves when will my actions equal the actions of my forefathers abraham yitak and yaakov in other words every jew must yearn to fulfill the mitzvot just like he did when he existed within the beings of the holy patriarchs. Having already performed all the mitzvot once, it's easier to perform the mitzvot again in our lifetime and to serve Hashem in keeping with the roots of our souls. Then going on to say, Hashem is basically saying from Bereshit, 1819 I've cherished him speaking of Abraham because he commands his children his household after him well guess what the way that you can look at that it says he's not observing the mitzvah for himself alone but rather for all of his children and his descendants throughout the generations that are part of his being translators note the word for he shall command is being interpreted as related to the term, meaning team or group, i.e. Abraham performed the mitzvot as part of a team, like Avengers. It says, this makes it easier for them to observe the mitzvah when they are born into the world. And then it says that Abraham always looked ahead to the future when performing any mitzvah. Thus, he prepared a way for all future Jews descending from him to fulfill the mitzvot. And it goes on to say that Abraham foresaw that Yisrael would be privileged to build the Beta HaMikdash and to offer korba notes on Har Moriah, the Holy Temple Mount, in the merit of the akida of Yitzhak. He journeyed to Har Moriah with that in mind. All of our mitzvot, all of our observance is in the merit of the Yakidah. And this is the meaning, this is me adding to this because to, summar, to summarize that all up, this is the meaning of why we say, in the name of Kol Yisrael, saying the akidah And remember, Mashiach is the akidah Remember, Yitzhak is the forerunner to the Akidah. So if everything's found in Yitzhak, then how much more is everything found in the Mashiach? So I'm going to end this segment right here, and then we'll change over. I was having a conversation uh, with my kala, and we were talking, and I was like, you know, it's really interesting, the whole thing about sin sacrifices and things like that, because when the temple existed, and may it exist now, I mean, bring it on Hashem, that there was a morning lamb and there was an afternoon lamb and both of those lambs are called one lamb, namely the Tamid offering, the everlasting perpetual offering. And that cleanses the sins of Israel every single day and every single year. So when we're bringing sin offerings, what does that even mean? For the simple fact of, well, guess what? You're getting atoned for your sins before you even bring your sin offering. So, thinking about that, all of the Korbanot are found in the akida, which again, that's the offering of Yitzhak, which was a front-runner to Mashiach being offered. That uh, all the offerings are bound up in that, pun intended. But then, even when you have your temple service, you don't bring your sin or peace offering or fellowship offering or meal offering unless the lamb has been offered. So literally, all of our merit comes from the lamb, which the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Whether that's the morning and afternoon lamb or the Akidah of Isaac or the Akidah of Shiach, the answer is yes, because those are actually all one offering. And again... Because of all the other offerings that are brought, which, by the way, when Temple is existing, we are going to be bringing offerings, and we did bring offerings for the whole entire world. You ever heard of Sukkot? There is a festival where we bring offerings that total up to the 70 nations that we we make atonement for. We literally atone for all mankind during Sukkot. And, again, that's an outflow of the daily lamb, which is an outflow of the Yakida. So, the whole world literally gets cleansed in the merit of the Yakida, which goes down in the temple. So, like, anyway, as crazy as that is, I just want to point that out. But, to finish the group drop over here... Um. Sephorno on Shemot 19.6 says those who survive in Zion and those who will be left over in Jerusalem, all those are inscribed for life in Jerusalem. They shall be called holy. The author is making the point that somebody called Kadosh, which is holy, is by definition immortal. Our sages in Sanhedrin 92 describe this concept in the following words, just as he, the Holy One, is forever so the Jewish people are forever. It had been God's intention to make the Jewish people immortal at the time of the revelation at Mount Sinai, giving them the status of Adam, or giving them the status that Adam had before he sinned. So that was originally supposed to happen. And again, at that point in time, we didn't see our fellow Jew any different from we did because it says that, he encamped at the foot of the mountain, not we, he. It says we camped at the mountain, but it uses the singular form, which literally is he camped, which is all of Israel, which all of Israel, one body of many members, that's Mashiach. So it takes us being unified as one, kol echad, if you will, Avengers assemble, if you will, Spark on the Pede Nation, if you will. It takes that to manifest the Mashiach. So if all of us manifest the Mashiach in our physical, and then we speak it, and then we think it, and then we do it, That that's, that's what we're talking about. We need the whole world doing that. Because we don't know where all the divine sparks are and we don't know when all the divine sparks will be brought in which by the way is the gathering of the fullness of the gentiles that all israel will may be saved that's in romans 11. that's what that means we don't know where all of israel is because the reason we were put in exile on top of our other shortcomings and and sins and stuff that hashem was like i need you to go out and find my people because when you go in exile, the reason you're here, not only is it to atone for your sin, that's great. Yeah, I know. Everybody needs atonement. We we know that. We got that. But the other thing that we need to pay attention to is you need to go out and get the converts. You're sending into exile for the sake of making converts. So if you're not making converts, you're saying, I'm fine with exile because I'm atoned and that's all I need. I got mine. People can figure out how to get theirs. But it's like, That's not how we roll. That's not how the kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that's not how we roll. We lead the world into caring for one another, reaching out to one another, and lifting each other up and (laughs) preferring and esteeming others better than ourselves. That's how you lead the world into redemption. Yeshua said the greatest among you is a servant. You really want to be great? Why don't you serve? And why don't we do the best way of service, which is starting with our own selves, and using our words, and using our texts, and our posts for good? It says, "It's uh, this is from Green Lantern." He says, "It seems like an interwoven fabric of humility, which is childlikeness, purity, which is obedience." and mercy, which is forgiveness. Aquaman says, Each yod, or each yid, wears a crown. A thorn pointing to Hashem. We are a yod with a crown that we will cast at the feet of Hashem. And it says, And then, Hashem will be the Yod with two crowns or thorns. Because each of us casting our crown, it's two at a time. Two by two by two. Anyway, uh, we complete each other. We show forth the holiness of Hashem. I love it. That was my response. So, Neri Yoruk says, Kadosh means eternal and immortal uh Ishnatav says two yodes can resemble Shemaim, water and fire. Uh, Narok says Lila To. <laughs> and uh, that means good night. He's going to sleep. He's out. Okay, anyway. Uh, and I said, Ah, the two Yodes, Yokan, Yeshua. There was one immersion in water, and then there was one in fire in the Ruach Kodesh. Yes, that is Matthew 3.11, for those of you who are keeping track. So Shoresh, which is our Groot character, he comes in, he says, When Yeshua's hands were above his head on the stake, he had them placed together as to pray for the people just as the Kohen Gadol does for the people in the temple. Which points out that he was not placed on a cross because you can't put your hands together if they're spread out. Akav comes back in with 52 pickup, and he says, oh man, so Yeshua said Jews must be united. And the Gentile church has separated them. Wow. Ishnatav says a straight stake would allow his hands to be together, connecting us with Hashem, the past and future, water and fire. You know, the Vav is what makes something um, past tense or present tense. When you put that in a Hebrew word, by the way, at the beginning or at the end. So anyway, um, yeah. Separated as far as the east is from the west, making it very difficult for a goy to be connected with Hashem. Got to get the non-Jews connected. That's point blank, period. And I said, OK, so that's our broken vav. That's our priestly blessing. That's the akida and the mikveh. This is the staff of Moshe. So. That's how that conversation ended. And then. Coming on over here. Akav decided to go around back. And throw this at me from. Rabbi Moshe Cordovero. Writing in the Pardes. Also referenced in Zohar Volume 1. Section 26. The word. Negah which means ailment, which is a part of the affliction of the Medzora. it says this word used by the Torah describes the za'arat spots. This is the opposite of oneg, meaning delight, which is a sublime spiritual state associated with the highest level, the inner dimension of Keter. The Hebrew letters for nega, nun, gemel, ayin, rearranged to form the word oneg. So he says, curious, the word negah can also mean plague, but rearranging means oneg. Perhaps we would have merited the redemption, but because of Lashon Haran wickedness, the letters were rearranged. We need to do teshuva to merit oneg. And if you put this drop here with what I just brought down in the Overturning Evil Decrees podcast, Teshuvah takes you outside of time so that you can time travel, go back to the point at which something happened, and you can repair it. So at the point in time that COVID-19 dropped into creation, which by the way, COVID-19 being Corona, which is all about the crown, and we're talking about Ketur, which is the word for crown, a higher dimension, or the highest dimension, that... What was going on when this all poured out? And let's go back to there because, again, we're talking about being back to normal, right? Well, let's go back to there and normalize it. Let's go make that normal. I.e., the repentance and the heart posture that we should have been walking in before one another and before Hashem. Let's make that the thing that we do now. Let's make it the thing that we don't ever assault people with our words. Let's make it the thing that we connect with our families, with our households. Let's make it the thing where we pay attention to one another and we esteem one another over ourselves. Let's make it the normal where we are people who are united in brotherhood crying out to Hashem. You know, let's make it a thing because when the temple is built, and it will be, it's just a matter of time, Uh, Hashem you can do that whenever you're ready I'm ready for you to do it now So can we work on that Amen But anyway um, When we get the temple We got to understand that Because we're going to be priests To those who are outside the temple To those who are outside the nation of Israel To those who are in the four corners of the world We are going to have to be priests to those people We're priests now We just haven't been walking like it. We are the very bridges and connections to Hashem. We should be broken bobs. We should be broken men and women and children walking around, lowering ourselves to people, you know, serving instead of tearing down and uh, assaulting. We should be speaking blessings over people. You know, I bless you that Hashem is going to illuminate you so that you can do the, the mission that you've been here to do. Like, fulfill your mission. You know? Maybe you don't want to be Jewish. Okay, fine. But, obviously, best Rada Shem, obviously, we feel the same way about uh, life. We feel the same way about being successful. uh, Being kind. You know? We can go for little things. So, if you don't want to be Jewish, okay, that's your choice. Just remember what A Jew is, we talked about it, eternal and, you know, expecting the temple, the resurrection of the dead and the return of Mashiach and constantly being made new and, you know, Adam before we ate from the tree kind of stuff. But anyway, that kind of stuff, the life of Abraham, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, so just light candles, speak to Hashem, ask Him what He requires of you, you know, things like that. We we try to think it's, uh, it's really foreign to us, this concept of supreme being, supreme ruler, creator, whatever you want to uh, label it as. But the thing is, we all came from a drop <laughs> of a man and a woman coming together in an intimate union. And as we were together in that union, or as we were formed from that union... Hashem himself saw to it that we actually come into existence and he taught us everything that we're trying to learn now. He taught us all this stuff. So everybody literally needs to make teshuva and there are no excuses because we can't say, oh, there's no God and we just evolved like this. It's like, really? The very fact that you exist and the very fact that there is something inside of you that that says, oh, I, I want. I want immortality. The passage of Kohelet says that God has set eternity within the heart of man. So I've talked way more than my notes have. But I want to get to this. Back to uh, my Avigdor. My Torat Avigdor. That this is a... 24 page get you some and on page 21 it says this the true good because that's ultimately what has to happen to this medzora because once the medzora is told by the cohen hey you're clear you can come out of quarantine there's a few steps that the medzora's gotta do gotta go out and get, get a few items got to go through a a purification process and then got to go through an immersion then they can come back into society but they can't go home yet and then after a little bit more time then they can go home so with all that being the case here's how it brings down this conclusion it says the purpose of life learn to recognize the kindness of Hashem Tov Lehodot LaShem Do you know what is the good, says David HaMelech? Not merely good, but the best good in the world. What's the best good in the world? Ask somebody that question. Go ahead, ask, and you'll get all different types of answers. It's good to be a Lamdan, or one would say, it's good to be a Midakek mitzvot. Again, I don't know what the translations of those words are. But it says, everything is good. And of course, all you, all you have to do, all are, and of course, you have to do all the things. But David Hamelik said, do you know what the best good, what is the best good in the world? Tov lehodot l'ashem. The greatest good in the world is lehodot l'ashem, to give thanks to Hashem. Going somewhere, we're trying to get these crazy Hebrew words out for us. That's our function in the world. Utilize our health and all of our normal living to become aware of Hashem by means of thanking Him. Le'hid Babokir or le'hig, li'hagid Babokir. there it is. Li'hagid baboker chazdecah to always speak all the days of our lives about his kindliness and thereby to become more and more aware of him. You know, this is one of the prayers we say on Shabbat during Shakari, right as we get into declaring the greatest commandment. You ever heard this passage before? The seventh day itself Gives praise saying a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to thank Adonai. Bey Yom Hashvii Me shabayak Veomer. So the seventh day says, it gives actually, seventh day gives praise saying, Seventh day gets a little turned up. Seventh day wants to sing about it. They say, mees more sheer mees more sheer she lay on lay on i shaba mees more sheer mees more sheer she lay on my shabat to lay hold on the hold on the shim o les amel shim La, la, da, 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 da. Yep, kind of forgot the lyrics, but it turned it into a nagoon, because it is a nagoon, but anyway, what did I just say? It says, a song, a song for the Sabbath day, it is good to thank Adonai. That is our point. The Sabbath was made for man, and not man made for the Shabbat. Come on, where, does, where we heard that before? Anyway, so that's the point, that's the ultimate good, that's what quarantine should instill within us, that from the lowest of all creation to the highest of all creation, that it is good to thank Hashem, and that we should be doing that together. We should bring out the good in ourselves, and bring out the good in others, because When we put ourselves next to someone else, we are completing the divine name of Hashem. Two or more gathered in my name. That's right. Uh, Tehillim 120. It's coming from the Kehurt, the Kehot Publishing, the big green book. It says, this psalm rebukes slanderers, describing how the deadly effect of slander Reaches even further than weapons. So that's all that, right? It's all that. This is all that. It's an old school show. Anyway, um, my print is somewhere. It was going down in the proverbial dm and it was like you need to read psalm 41. so let me see if i can go back and find this oh yeah telling 106. all right so let me just drop down here telling 106 you want to know what this one's about sure the psalmist continues on the theme of the previous psalm oh didn't Art scroll Telling say that okay so they match two witnesses brookashem says the they're praising God for performing other miracles not mentioned previously. So what you didn't hear in Psalm 105, you're about to hear. You're going to learn today in Telling 106. Um, first little thing I highlighted. Thinking about Hashem and Mashiach being one. Hashem and the Torah being one. Hashem and the Shekinah being one. Hashem and Memtat being one all of that uh it says you know John 10:30 stuff okay the above midrash this is to verse 2 where it says who can recount all the mighty acts of God and proclaim all his praises the above midrash speaks of our inability to praise God but this handicap is healed i said is healed when we study the torah what our inability to praise God the Who can recount all the mighty acts of God? We can't do it. And even if we hurt ourselves. And the Shem's like, that's fine. Study some Torah. Because when you do, your handicap gets healed. The Torah is where God is most intimately felt. Many people want an experience with God. And all you need to do is pick up the Torah. Says, it is the kingdom... Literally, it is the kingdom. The Torah is the kingdom. Do not we say yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power forever and to all eternity. Amen. Amen. Right? That's talking about the Torah. Says, thus the Midrash teaches us one who studies the Torah is at home. I say what? At home. With God. It says when we study, we come to know God intimately and can praise him completely or so got competently. That's from the Yael or the Yai, the Yael hor. that's just what you Yael in about Hashem. Okay. So anyway, having an intimate encounter with Hashem, you do that through the Torah Yeshua says, I go away to prepare a place for you. I go away to prepare some Torah for you. So that when you get in it, you're going to be with me and you're going to be with my father. So, the main crux of what I want to get into, I could say a lot of things. I'm going to go say, I'm going to go, I'm going to say a lot of things. I'm going to do it. Moshe perceived God's words clearly without obstruction. Where in the world did this come from? Because it says Moshe was Hashem's chosen one. And it calls him a special prophet. Yes, it does. I say, yes, it does. It calls him a special prophet. Because it says in verse 23 of Talene 106, he said that he would destroy them had not Moshe his chosen one stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying so Israel wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for Moshe standing in the breach, taking up on God's wrath upon himself to bring us forgiveness. Hmm, where have we seen that before? Anyway, so that whole idea of uh, two testaments shot down because, you know, God was angry and wrathful and vengeful. So they had to flip the testaments we had to get a new one. And the son came and, and took all that wrath and now God's all happy and all we do is listen to this guy named Paul. So yeah, that's that's not true because Moshe did that and he did that in Parashat because we made the golden calf and we should have been wiped out. But yet, no, Hashem allowed us to exist and live, which by the way, If Moshe did not stand in the face of God's wrath and stop it for us, then Mashiach couldn't have been born of a virgin. That's kind of something. I know Hashem was going to start over with Moshe and whatnot, but Moshe was like, you know what? You You can blot my name out. Forget about me. You promised Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So you got to live up to that. So it says Moshe perceived God's word clearly without obstruction. The other prophets understood God through metaphors that he told them. Their perception is therefore compared to seeing through an opaque glass by virtue of his harp, untarnished or slika, by virtue of his sharp, untarnished perception, Moshe is the chosen prophet. That's from the Zemach Zedek from Yevamot thirty nine B. And I said, yep, that's 2 Corinthians 3.18, and that's 1 Corinthians 3.12. That's right. We, with our faces unveiled like Moshe, we're reflecting that image and going from glory to glory. We're uh, becoming increasingly more like that image. And, you know, uh, we see dimly now as through a glass. So, but what we're getting to experience is actually to our ability to continue to transform. So yeah, it may be a little dim for us, but it can get lighter and lighter and lighter as we grow. And so this is why we understand more. We can put more concepts together. You know, you keep going through the Torah portions. Keep going through the Yom Tov. Keep keep celebrating the Shabbat. Literally, celebrate the Shabbat. Don't just do it. Celebrate it. Delight in it. That delight is what overturns the plague. Because remember, the word for plague and the word for delight are literally the same. It just depends on what you're doing with it. The Shabbat is called a plague today by those who have never taken delight in it. So consider the source on that. Moshe was called Hashem's special prophet because it says he prophesied with clarity that was incomparable to any other prophet. All the other prophets prophesied with the words ko, which means so, and it says, and this is an approximation term, but Moshe prophesied with precision because he could use the word "ze," which means the word this. Uh, This is a really good point. Says that Moshe nullified God's wish. Oh my goodness. Mm. And Moshe represents all Israel, by the way. If I haven't said that, I need to say that right about now. Moshe nullified God's wish to destroy the Jewish people by standing in the breach. So I tell you, if all Israel, which is the equivalent of Moshe, which is really Mashiach, because Mashiach is one body with many members. Anyway... So Moshe's in Mashiach. We're in Moshe. Mashiach's in Hashem. Kolechad. So when we all do this, it says Moshe breached the standard of divine conduct. Reward and punishment issue from God's attributes, his particular expression, such as kindness or judgment. God's attributes are in tune with the world and therefore respond to human action. I said grace. What? Because it says, however, Moshe invoked God's infinite compassion, which extends kindness, even when. Unwarranted. Again, this is why I say. Speak our way out of exile. Let's do it, y'all. We want Mashiach now. Because why? Even when it's unwarranted, there is a transcendent level of Hashem's grace and compassion that we can evoke and we can cause to be made manifest. Though we don't deserve it, we can bring Mashiach. God's transcendent compassion trumps the realm of cause and effect that is presided over by God's attributes. Thus Moshe, thus Mashiach, thus all of Israel being in kolechad unity, substituting those in as a parenthetical statement, but it says, thus Moshe, which is what all that means, breached the gates of divine, this is a big word meritocracy by flooding it with divine compassion thus ensuring the continuation of the Jewish people that's from the Zemoch Zedek bringing down some Or HaTorah Bami Bar volume 4 page 1280 and Devarim volume 1 page 8 so and then he's got some Kabbalistic stuff that's just out of this world insanity but it's great. So here's the crux of everything. With the time we have left on this podcast, here's what I want to say. This is going to come from verse 48. This says, is, Baruch Israel Min HaOlam Va'ed HaOlam Ve'amar Ha'am, Amen, Hallelujah. Blessed is God, God of Israel, forever and ever. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise God. Key phrase, ve amar ko which is and let all the people say says am. Um, people, all people. Hmm. My house should be called a house of prayer for all people. The mighty hover. Yes, we do have a Shomer version of Thor and that who that is who he is. The mighty hover, the one who's mighty in his belovedness of the brotherhood, the people of God, even people who could care less about God. He just—he's so beloved to He turned people who hate God into lovers of God. That's how mighty he is. But anyway, I could talk about him all day. But you know, just put the hammer down for a second. But anyway, um, he was bringing down to us. On this past Shabbat. In his famous Menashe minutes. That. The temple. Was a place. That desired. Of converts. The temple. Was called a house of prayer for all people. And the goal was. That this temple is open. Because Melech Shamo. When he inaugurated the temple. With his beautiful prayer. That took like. Almost a whole chapter and a half. It's a lot of words. He said that may you hear the prayer of people that pray towards this place. So anyone who's going to call out and cry to Hashem. Like yeah hear those people. And Mighty Hover I mean it was ridiculous. He was saying that you cause a kiddish Hashem when you make a convert. So we say kiddish to Hashem every arab shabbat and on the Tovs and all that like there's a bunch of kiddush times at weddings and also so we just we take wine or grape juice and we just boy we put that stuff to work and um by the way that's unifying the heavens and the earth through those um kiddushes but anyway the kiddush hashem you think you're saying a blessing and bringing down heaven on earth when you're saying the kiddish? Well, when you're making a convert, you're doing something just even more just absolutely ridiculous. And that's what's been missing for the past 2,000 years because many people didn't think they needed to convert. Many people don't even know what convert means. But now, they will. And now, they shall. Because here we go with some conversion talk. It says cycles of inspiration, the phrase from the world until the world alludes to the interplay between the spiritual and the material worlds, which occurs in two directions. Because when we say, mean haolam va'ed haolam, like forever and ever, that literally is the phrase from the world until the world because the way you say world is olam there is this world which is called the olam hazeh there's the world to come which is called the olam haba so therefore when you say olam olam you're saying from world to world just like we said in this verse mean olam vaed haolam forever and ever so this means from world to world that's Targum, Rashi, and Barakot 9.5. But anyway, it goes on to say that the spiritual and the material worlds occur in two directions. According to the Zohar, God's blessing, which is the subject of this verse, is a revelation of godliness emanating from the spiritual world and penetrating the material world. So you're bringing these worlds together and they're going to interlock. Okay, so that's what the blessing is. And then it says the Zohar understands blessing as an infusion of godliness between from a higher reality into a lower higher reality. The world that we cannot see, everything that's invisible, everything that's eternal. Like we've been over this before. Shaul talks about this to the Corinthians. Says that the things that are visible are temporal. The invisible are eternal. So yeah, Google that. Get you some. Read the whole context. It's amazing. That's the higher world. That's called the concealed world. We live in the lower world, the revealed world. The way to make those two things come together is through bracha which is blessing, which is godliness emanating from the spiritual world coming into this world. So it says, when the Zohar interprets from world, from the world until the world, which means from the spiritual world to the material world, according to Targum and Rashi cited above, we have ex- have it exactly opposite. We have it exactly, op- or they have it exactly opposite. Sika. So Targum and Rashi, cited above, have it exactly opposite. Blesses God from this world to the next. This interpretation emphasizes the human endeavor to ascend. So Zohar brings it down, says no, you bring the higher to the lower. And Targum and Rashi are like, no no no. From from the spiritual world to the material world, like not that way, but from the material to the physical. Like it's the human ascension that causes this. And obviously we know the answer is both. That's why it's kind of confusing if you think about, well, is it the lower world coming down or is it the lower world coming up? Because when we say a blessing, we're in the lower world, but yet the higher world is where the blessing is coming from. So it's like the way we pull the world up is to bring what's up down so that we can go up. I know it's it's kind of crazy, but when we recite a blessing, we bring these two worlds together. That's the main point. So blessing focus right there says these seemingly divergent perspectives actually work in tandem. When God's energy and influence flow from on high to our reality. So when does this happen? When we work, say work. Or say, Havenge. <laughs> havenge, by the way, comes from the word hover, which means to be beloved brothers. And so we're making each other beloved to one another. Hey, you do amazing things that I am a fan of. And, you know, there's things that I can do. Rider Hashem, you're a fan of them. But even if you're not a fan of them, there's things that I can do. And I want us to do this together. And the words of Tony Stark to the Hulk uh, I am a big fan of how you turn green into a, or what does he say? I'm a big fan of how you turn into a giant rage monster. (laughs) So anyway, mean swing point break. He hits the mighty hover over there, you know? So I love it. I'm just like, okay, so-and-so over there is just killing it. You know, that's the Midrash or so-and-so is killing it on the Halakha. You know, we got a gentleman whose name is Yosef HaEmet. Now I want to shout him out Because he is a person to me that, you know, when it comes to looking at halakhic things and when it comes to looking at especially the Or kaim, and just ridiculous. What's wrong with you, man? But anyway, he he gets into some really, really good drops. And I just have to say, I'm a fan. I'm a very, very big fan. And even if he and I, Chas Shalom, come against something we don't see eye to eye on. I'm still a fan because I can respect that he has sources and that he doesn't sit on opinions and things that he just made up in his own mind. And not only that, but he's willing to listen and to to put things together and to build it and like, okay, so what what else is there? You know, he really strikes me as a person who who's willing to dig and who's willing to to drosh things out. You know, and that's the kind of thing that it takes for us when we're talking about this working and this cultivating that we're supposed to do. We got to do that for each other. You're probably going to come from a whole nother place that I haven't even thought about. But see where they interlock and where they meet up. That's what we got to do. Anyway, says we work to cultivate our reality to be receptive to God. And this is the other thing about speaking our way out of exile and getting back to normal is that the more receptive we make the world to God. That's the other part of bringing these worlds together. That's the other part of bringing Mashiach and building a temple and bringing the resurrection and bringing about cleansing from the pandemic. I, I keep saying this, but I just got to stop right now because it just is really hitting me. COVID-19 does not have to exist. I said, COVID-19 does not have to exist. And the very ones who have the ability to remove it from the world is a bunch of kol, echad, Avenging, sparking on, lapidnik, get you some... Torah loving, Torah observant, kind hearted, low uh, esteemed people speaking bracas and speaking good words as opposed to slandering and evil speech. You know the word Bracha comes from the word, or is related to the word for pool, which the word is Brikah. Talking about the nations of the world will bless themselves by your offspring uh, from parasha, parasha Lech Lecha, Genesis chapter 12. When we flood the world, Hashem's not going to flood the world with water, but we can. The water of blessings. The water of, we're receptive to you, Hashem, which is the water of repentance. The water of mikvahs. Everybody entering into the mikvah. Everybody entering into blessings. Everybody entering into what brings reality into a sensitive and receptive place of godliness. The Chabadniks say, one of the things is we got to make this world a dwelling place for Hashem. That's exactly what we're talking about right now. So it says, in turn, our ability to do so is God given. The reason why human endeavor to ascend from this world to the spiritual world, i.e. bringing down the higher world into the lower world, bringing the final redemption. The reason why we have that ability is because it's God given. God provides us with spiritual tools. Spiritual tools, that is, is Torah and conversion, repentance. That's just a few of them. This is literally the essence of believing in Messiah Yeshua. Many people think, just believe in the Messiah and everything will be good. Well, that's not it, because the believing in the Messiah is a certain thought It's a certain speech and it's a certain action that is completely opposite of what's been mainstream and what is continuing to be mainstream in the world today. Believing in the Mashiach is removing COVID-19 from the universe. Like no one will ever have it again. That's believing in Mashiach. Because we're yearning for the resurrection, we're yearning for the temple, and we're yearning for the return of Mashiach. And the fact that he's not already here is not okay, and we need to be vocal to Hashem about it. And obviously, if we're going to be vocal to Hashem about it, we better make sure we're doing our business, you know, being people of repentance and whatnot. Understanding the purpose and reason of our existence. So it says, furthermore, not only does God respond to us. His response is more. I want you to say more than equal to our contribution. This is Ephesians three sixteen through 20. Here's what that passage says. I pray that from his glorious riches, he would grant you to be strengthened in your inner being with power. With power. What kind of power do we have? It's our speech. The very power that we are looking around to find and, oh, if I could just, you know, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, no, it's your speech. That's it. That's, That's your power. What are you speaking? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Who are you hurting? Who are you killing? Who are you healing? Anyway, your inner being with power through his Ruach, so that the Mashiach may dwell in your hearts through faith. So Mashiach is going to dwell in your heart, right? So if you're dwelling in Hashem, which is dwelling with Mashiach, and then Mashiach is going to dwell in you, so now you're with Mashiach, there's been the, re, the quote-unquote return of Mashiach that's happened in you. And remember, I said, what happens in you will affect the world. So if you're redeeming yourself, if you're getting out of your own Egypt, you're going into the final redemption. Okay, so that's going to happen in the world. Just a matter of time, we need to fill up all these vessels. It says... I pray that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to grasp with all the kedoshim the holy peoples the Jews what is the width and breadth or the width and length height and, and depth, depth. and to know the love of Mashiach which surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God you will be filled up. Again, we talked about vessels, right? Measurements. It says, this is verse 20, key verse. Now to him who is able to do far beyond all that we ask or imagine by means of his power that works in us. His power that works in us. God will respond more than equal to our contribution. God graces us with the revelation of his presence that is beyond what our limited efforts merit. By virtue of our being the people of Israel, we can create this blessing. Jewish people serve as the head of creation. See Colossians 115 for more information. I just put that in there because that's just what it is. Just as the brain is the source of the body's vitality, so too are the Jewish people the head of creation. We draw divine energy and influence into the world. We draw divine energy and influence into the world through our spiritual labor. Because we are Yisrael, we bless God from this world to the next. We climb up and elicit God's light downward. That's Rabbi Shalom Dovber of Lubavitch. Now, we're going to go all the way to Talaline 41.14 to finish this out. Because this word is called Hamavrik. And that is grafter. That is... um. I don't know really how to say it, but the world merger, like you want to bring the spiritual world and the physical world together, the concealed world and the revealed world together, bring the Mashiach, that's called a Hamavrik. And that's the Seven One, Because it says that this is a person who's likened to one who sinks, one end of a vine into the ground to grow another vine. It follows that in a spiritual sense, the word Baruch, which is bless, so a Hamavrik is also a blesser, it says, means to draw down a higher spiritual reality. That's from the Torah or Mikates 37c. What does forty one fourteen say? Forty one fourteen says Baruch Adonai elohe Israel Me Haolam Vaed Haolam Amen Amen. Blessed is God, God of israel from one end of the world to the other end of the world, Amen and Amen. Literally where this world ends and where the next world begins. Well, which is kind of interesting because the world that's to come is already going. But yeah. Anyway, attaching those two points. Grafting in this world to the world to come. Grafting in the world to come to this world. However you want to look at it. That's a Hamavrik. That's a Baruker, That's a Blesser. That's a world merger. That's what we need to do right about yesterday. And it says... Whoever responds, Amen in this world, will merit to do so in the world to come. Thus, blessed is God from the current world to the next world. Amen in this world, Amen in the world to come. Tan Kuma, Zav 9. The Kabbalah says, it speaks of two parallel worlds. The revealed world, in which we inhabit, and the concealed world, i.e. the spiritual world, in the latter God's presence is obvious and pervasive. The spiritual beings in those worlds are cognizant of how their existence depends entirely on him, which leads them to surrender any case of self. Their world is therefore called the concealed world since the existence of its beings is concealed. All that is apparent to Hashem. In the revealed world, however, God's presence is obscured, giving us the illusion that our existence is autonomous as if we're independent from Hashem. All it takes is a little COVID-19 for us to realize we don't run the world or the universe. But anyway, our verse or our universe is therefore described as revealed because we are not eclipsed by the reality of godliness. The objective of a blessing I said, the objective of a blessing uh, is to disclose the truth of the concealed world to the revealed world. The blessing basically is to graft in the truth of that which is hidden into that which is revealed. And it says, Israel, the Jewish people, are the ones who can accomplish this. We thereby come closer to the attitude of the concealed world to that sense of humility before God. Rabbi Schneur Zalman of Liadi Parshat of Madzorah teaches us how to sow one who is grateful to Hashem because the Mazorah, when they get afflicted, they have their whole world get flipped, turned upside down and they take a minute and just sit right there and find out how Hashem is really the only one who is master and king, and that we are nothing without him and apart from him. And that our whole job and sole goal is to bring his oneness and unity into the world by being grateful and thankful. And being kind to all of his creatures from the lowest to the highest. And this is why when Hashem created us in the garden and said you are to take dominion and subdue the earth and be fruitful and multiply. Because we were the only ones who were capable of making the spiritual world and the physical world remain united and to provide the care that creation needs. And yet we've taken our hands off of that and we've hidden in the corner and mankind is in chaos and corruption. But the very people who can fix it are being shunned and we're being told that we're something else and we're being told that we can't fix it. Well, it's time for that to change. We want Mashiach now. Closing blessing for the Tehillim and we'll be out. Makadosh baruchu bring us back to normal. The normal that we were before the sin of the golden calf. Before we said, crucify him, crucify him. Before we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. May it be your will, O Adonai our God and the God of our forefathers, that in the merit of the book of Tehillim that we have recited before you, which corresponds to the books of the Torah, that in the merit of the psalms therein, and in the merit of its verses, and in the merit of its words, and in the merit of the holy and pure divine names that are derived thereof, you should grant us atonement for all our deliberate sins, pardon all our transgressions, and forgive us for all our trespasses which we have sinned and transgressed and trespassed before you. return us with complete to before you. Guide us in your service and open our hearts to the study of your Torah. Send a full recovery to the sick of your nation and to all those who are infected with COVID-19. All of Israel who are ill, Adonai. Proclaim liberty for the captives, freedom for the prisoners, and and all those traveling by land and crossing oceans or seas. Rescue them from any distress and harm so that they reach their destination alive and well remember the childless giving them healthy offspring who will serve and fear you care for the pregnant women of your nation that they not miscarry out of your abundant mercy protect all evil protect from all evil the women giving birth ensure that nursing women not lack milk in their breasts Neither diphtheria nor any form of evil spirit should afflict the children of your nation, the house of Yisrael. Raise them to your Torah, to the study of Torah, selflessly. Shield them from the eyes of the envious, from pestilence and plagues, and from the antagonists and the evil inclination. Nullify all harsh evil decrees against us. Amen. Yehoshamayarabah. Mibarak le'olam. almayah. Nullify all harsh and evil decrees against us or any one of your nation, the house of Israel, wherever they live, incline your heart, incline the heart of the government to act favorably with us and to enact good laws for us. Bestow blessing and success upon all our handiwork. Prepare our livelihood with your expansive and full hand so that the people of your nation, the house of Israel, need not rely upon one another nor upon any nation. Grant each and every person ample livelihood and to all that which they need. Quicken and hasten our redemption. Bring Mashiach now. Build our temple now, the temple of holiness and splendor, and the merit of your 13 attributes of mercy. Record in your Torah. Adonai, Adonai mighty and merciful and gracious long-suffering and abundant in love and truth keeping truth for thousands of generations forgiving iniquity transgression and sin and who erases the invocation which is never returned from you empty-handed help us O god of our yeshua for the sake of your name's honor rescue us and grant us atonement for our sins for the sake of your name Blessed is Adonai forever. Amen. Amen.